Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abiding in Him podcast. This is Christina, and I'm so glad you're here as we journey through the book of the Bible together, Genesis through Revelation, Monday through Friday. My prayer for you is that through this year, you will grow in your relationship with God and learn more about Him each day. And that is what I'm praying for myself as well. So let's get into it, shall we? First Kings chapter 3 in the easy-to-read version. Solomon made a peace treaty with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, by marrying his daughter. Solomon brought her to the city of David. This was when Solomon was still building his palace, the temple of the Lord, and the wall around Jerusalem. The temple to honor the Lord had not yet been finished, so people were still making animal sacrifices on altars at the high places. Solomon showed that he loved the Lord by obeying everything his father David told him to do, except that Solomon continued to go to the high places to offer sacrifices and to burn incense. King Solomon went to Gibeon to offer a sacrifice because that was the most important high place. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. While Solomon was at Gibeon, the Lord came to him at night in a dream. God said, Solomon, ask me what you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You were very kind and loyal to your servant, my father David. He was faithful to you and lived a good, honest life. And you showed him the greatest kindness when you let his son take his place as king. Lord my God, you have made me the king in my father's place, but I am like a small child. I don't have the wisdom I need to do what I must do. I am your servant here among your chosen people. There are so many that they cannot be counted. So I ask you to give me the wisdom to rule and judge them well, and to help me know the difference between right and wrong. Without such great wisdom, it would be impossible to rule this great nation. The Lord was happy that Solomon asked for wisdom. So God said to him, You did not ask for long life and riches for yourself. You did not ask for the death of your enemies. You asked for the wisdom to listen and make the right decisions. So I will give you what you asked for. I will make you wise and intelligent. I will make you wiser than anyone who ever lived or will ever live. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. You will have riches and honor all your life. There will be no other king in the world as great as you. And I will give you a long life if you follow me and obey my laws and commands as your father David did. Solomon woke up and knew that God had spoken to him in the dream. Then Solomon went to Jerusalem and stood before the box of the Lord's agreement. He offered a burnt offering and fellowship offerings to the Lord, and then gave a party for all of his officials. Proof of Solomon's Wisdom One day, two prostitutes came to Solomon and stood before the king. One of the women said, Sir, this woman and I live in the same house. We were both pregnant and ready to give birth to our babies. I had my baby while she was there with me. Three days later, she also gave birth to her baby. There was no one else in the house with us, just the two of us. One night, while this woman was asleep with her baby, the baby died. That night, while I was asleep, she took my son from my bed and carried him to her bed. Then she put the dead baby in my bed. In the morning, I woke up and was about to feed the baby when I saw he was dead. When I looked at him more closely, I saw that he was not my baby. But the other woman said no. The dead baby is yours, and this one is still alive, and it's mine. But the first woman said, No, you are wrong. The dead baby is yours. The one that is still alive is mine. So the two women argued in front of the king. 
Then King Solomon said, Each of you says that the living baby is your own, and that the dead baby belongs to the other woman. Then King Solomon sent his servant to get a sword. He told the servant, Cut the living baby in two, and give one half of the baby to each woman. The second woman said, Yes, cut him in two. Then neither of us will have him. But the first woman, the real mother, loved her son and said to the king, Please, sir, don't kill the baby. Give him to her. Then King Solomon said, Stop, don't kill the baby. Give him to this woman. She is the real mother. The people of Israel respected the king when they heard about this decision. They saw he had the wisdom of God to make the right decisions. First Kings chapter 4 in the Easy Bible King Solomon ruled over all Israel as king. These were his important officers. Zadok's son, Azariah, was the priest. Shisha's sons, Elihareth and Ahijah, were secretaries. Ahilad's son, Jehoshaphat, recorded what happened. Jehoiada's son, Benaiah, was the leader of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Nathan's son, Azariah, had authority over the twelve officers for each region. Nathan's son, Zabud, was a priest who gave the king advice. Ahishar had authority over work in the palace. Abda's son, Adoniram, had authority over the groups of workers. Solomon had twelve officers with authority in the regions of Israel. They supplied food for the king and for the people who lived in his palace. Each officer had to supply food to the king for one month in each year. These are their names. Ben-Hur had authority in Ephraim's hill country. ben had authority in Mekaz, Shealbim, Beth-Shemesh, and Elan-Beth-Hanan. Ben-Hesed had authority in Arubath. That included Soko and all the fields around Hefer. Ben-Abinadab had authority in Nephath-Dor. He had married Solomon's daughter, Tephath. Ahilad's son, Baana, had authority in Teanach and Megiddo, as well as in all of Bethshan, that is near Zarethon, below Jezreel. He had authority from Bethshan to Abel-Meholah, and as far as Jokmeam. Ben-Geber had authority in Ramoth-Gilead. That included the villages of Manasseh's son, Jair, and Gilead. It also included the region of Argob and Bashan, with 60 large cities, which had strong wall, walls, gates with bronze bars. Ido's son had authority in Mahanam. Ahimeaz had authority in Naphtali. He had married Solomon's daughter, Basimath. Hushai's son, Beana, had authority in Asher and Eloth. Purah's son, Jehoshaphat, had authority in Issachar. Elah's son, Shumai, had authority in Benjamin. Uri's son, Geber, had authority in Gilead. Gilead was the region where Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, had ruled. There was also one officer who had authority over the whole land, Solomon's kingdom. The people in Judah and Israel were too many to count. There were as many of them as the sand on the shore of the sea. They had enough to eat and to drink, and they were happy. Solomon ruled over all the nations, from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, as far as Egypt's border. The people of these kingdoms paid taxes to Solomon. They served him all the days of his life. This is the food that Solomon and the people in his palace ate each day. 500 liters of flour, 
10,000 liters of grain, 10 fat calves that they fed with grain, 20 calves that ate grass in the fields, 100 sheep, many kinds of deer and fat birds. Solomon ruled all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River from Tifsa as far as Gaza. There was peace in all these places. While Solomon was alive, Judah and Israel were safe from their enemies. In the whole country, from Dan to Beersheba, every family had a place to live so they could grow food to eat. Solomon had places to keep 4,000 horses that pulled his chariots. He also had 12,000 horses. The 12 officers in each region supplied food for King Solomon and for everybody that ate in his palace. Each region supplied food for one month each year so that there was enough for everyone. Each officer also supplied barley and straw for the king's horses. They took the right amount to the different places where the horses lived. Solomon's Wisdom God gave Solomon wisdom so that he understood things well. He knew about everything, more things than there is sand on the shore of the sea. Solomon was wiser than all the wise men in the east and all the wise men in Egypt. He was wiser than any other man. This includes Ethan the Ezraite, as well as Heman, Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal. Solomon was famous in all the nations around Israel. He wrote down 3,000 proverbs and he wrote 1,005 songs. He could describe many plants. These included large trees like cedar trees that grow in Lebanon and small plants like hyssop that grows on walls. He also taught people about all kinds of animals, birds, insects, and fish. People came from all countries to listen to Solomon's wise teaching. Kings of all the nations in the world who heard about Solomon's wisdom sent people to learn from him. 1 Kings chapter 5 in the CEV or the Contemporary English Version. King Hiram of Tyre had always been friends with Solomon's father, David. When Hiram learned that Solomon was king, he sent some of his officials to meet with Solomon. Solomon sent a message back to Hiram. Remember how my father David wanted to build a temple where the Lord his God could be worshipped? But enemies kept attacking, attacking my father's kingdom, and he never had the chance. Now, thanks to the Lord God, there is peace in my kingdom and no trouble or threat of war anywhere. The Lord God promised my father that when his son became king, he would build a temple for worshiping the Lord. So I've decided to do that. I'd like you, you to send your workers to cut down cedar trees in Lebanon for me. I will pay them whatever you say and will even have my workers help them. We both know that your workers are more experienced than anyone else at cutting lumber. Hiram was so happy when he heard Solomon's request that he said, I am grateful that the Lord gave David such a wise son to be king of that great nation. Then he sent back his answer. I received your message and will give you all the cedar and pine logs you need. My workers will carry them down from Lebanon to the Mediterranean Sea. They will tie the logs together and float them along the coast to wherever you want them. Then they will untie the logs and your workers can take them from there. To pay for the logs, you can provide the grain I need for my household. Hiram gave Solomon all the cedar and pine logs he needed. In return, Solomon gave Hiram over 2,000 tons of wheat and almost 4,000 liters of pure olive oil each year. The Lord kept his promise and made Solomon wise. Hiram and Solomon signed a treaty and never went to war against each other. Solomon's Workers 
Solomon ordered 30,000 people from all over Israel to cut logs for the temple, and he put Adoniram in charge of these workers. Solomon divided them into three groups of 10,000. Each group worked one month in Lebanon and had two months off at home. He also had 80,000 workers to cut stone in the hill country of Israel, 70,000 workers to carry the stones, and over 3,000 assistants to keep track of the work and to supervise the workers. He ordered the workers to cut and shape large blocks of good stone for the foundations of the temple. Solomon's and Hiram's men worked with men from the city of Gebal, and together they got the stones and logs ready for the temple. 1 Kings chapter 6 in the CEB or the Common English Bible. In the, 400th, in the 480th year after the Israelites left Egypt, in the month of Ziv, the second month, in the fourth year of Solomon's rule over Israel, he built the Lord's temple. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The porch in front of the temple's main hall was 30 feet long. It ran across the whole width of the temple and extended 15 feet in front of the temple. He made recessed and latticed windows for the temple and, bought and built side rooms against the temple walls around both the main hall and the most holy place. The lower walls were seven and a half feet wide. At the second floor, the walls were nine feet wide, and at the third floor, they were ten and a half feet wide. He made niches, niches around the outside of the temple so the beams wouldn't be inserted into the temple walls. When the temple was built, they did all the stone cutting at the quarry. No hammers, axes, or any iron tools were heard in the temple during its construction. The door to the stairs was at the south side of the temple. Winding stairs went up to the second floor and from there to the third floor. He completed the temple with a roof of cedar beams and cross planks. Then he built the side rooms all around the temple. They were seven and a half feet high. He attached them to the temple with cedar wood. The Lord's word came to Solomon regarding this temple that you are building. If you follow my laws, enact my regulations, and keep all my commands faithfully, then I will fulfill for you my promise that I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites. I won't abandon my people Israel. So Solomon constructed the temple and completed it. He built the walls within the temple with cedar planks, paneled from the floor to the ceiling. He overlaid the floor of the temple with pine planks. At the back of the temple, he built 30 feet of cedar panels from the floor to the ceiling. Solomon built the inner sanctuary, the most holy place. In front of this, the main hall was 60 feet. The cedar inside the temple was carved with gourds and blossoming flowers. The whole thing was cedar. No stone was seen. He set up the inner sanctuary inside the temple so that he could put the chest containing the Lord's covenant there. The inner sanctuary was 30 feet in length, width, and height. Solomon overlaid it with pure gold and covered the altar with cedar. Solomon covered the temple's interior with pure gold. He placed gold chains in front of the inner sanctuary and covered it with gold. He overlaid the whole temple inside with gold until the temple was completely covered. He covered the whole altar that was in the inner sanctuary with gold. He made two winged creatures of olive wood for the inner sanctuary, each 15 feet high. The wings of the first winged creature 
were each seven and a half feet long. It was 15 feet from the end of one wing to the end of the other. The second winged creature also measured 15 feet. Both winged creatures had identical measurements and form. The height of both winged creatures was 15 feet. Solomon placed the winged creatures inside the temple. Their wings spread out so that the wing of the one touched one wall and the wing of the other touched the other wall. In the middle of the temple, the wings of the two winged creatures touched each other. He covered the winged creatures with gold. Solomon carved all the walls of the temple, inner and outer rooms, with engravings of winged creatures, palm trees, and blossoming flowers. He also covered the floor of the temple with gold in both the inner and outer rooms. He made the doors of the inner sanctuary from olive wood and carved the door frames with five recesses. He overlaid the two olive wood doors with gold-plated carvings of winged creatures, palm trees, and blossoming flowers. He made the door of the main hall with door frames of olive wood with four recesses. The two doors of pine wood each pivoted on a socket. Solomon carved winged creatures, palm trees, and blossoming flowers and covered them with gold. He built the inner courtyard with three rows of cut stone, followed by one row of trimmed cedar. Solomon laid the foundation of the Lord's temple in the fourth year in the month of Ziv. He finished the temple in all its details and measurements in the eleventh year during the eighth month, the month of Bull. He built it in seven years. First Kings chapter 7 in the BSB or the English Berean Study Bible. Solomon, however, took 13 years to complete the construction of his entire palace. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon a hundred cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high, with four rows of cedar pillars supporting the cedar beams. The house was roofed with cedar above the beams that rested on the pillars, 45 beams, 15 per row. There were three rows of high windows facing one another in three tiers. All the doorways had rectangular frames, with the openings facing one another in three tiers. Solomon made his colonnade 50 cubits long and 30 cubits wide, with a portico in front of it and a canopy with pillars in front of the portico. In addition, he built a hall for the throne, the Hall of Justice, where he was to judge. It was paneled with cedar from floor to ceiling. And the palace where Solomon would live, set further back, was of similar construction. He also made a palace like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. All these buildings were constructed with costly stones, cut to size and trimmed with saws inside and out, from the foundation to the eaves, and from the outside to the great courtyard. The foundations were laid with large, costly stones, some ten cubits long, and some eight cubits long. Above these were high-grade stones, cut to size, and cedar beams. The great courtyard was surrounded by three rows of dressed stone and a row of trimmed cedar beams, as were the inner courtyard and portico of the house of the Lord. The Pillars and Capitals Now King Solomon sent to bring Huram from Tyre. He was the son of a widow from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a craftsman in bronze. Huram had great skill, understanding, and knowledge for every kind of bronze work. So he came to sing King Solomon and carried out all his work. He cast two, biller, two pillars of bronze, each 18 cubits high and 12 cubits in circumference. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on top of the pillars, 
each capital five cubits high. For the capitals on top of the pillars, he made a network of lattice with wreaths of chainwork, seven for each capital. Likewise, he made the pillars with two rows of pomegranates around each grating to cover each capital atop the pillars. And the capitals atop the pillars in the portico were shaped like lilies, four cubits high. On the capitals of both pillars, just above the rounded projection next to the network, were the 200 pomegranates and rows encircling each capital. Thus he set up the pillars at the portico of the temple. The pillar to the south he named Jachim, and the pillar to the north he named Boaz. And the tops of the pillars were shaped like lilies, so the work of the pillars was completed. The Molten Sea He also made the sea of cast metal. It was circular in shape, measuring 10 cubits from rim to rim, five cubits in length, and thirty cubits in circumference. Below the rim, ornamental buds encircled it, ten per cubit all the way around the sea, cast in two rows as a part of the sea. The sea stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on them with all their hindquarters toward the center, it was a handbreadth thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It could hold 2,000 baths, the 10 bronze stands. In addition, he made 10 movable stands of bronze, each four cubits long, four cubits wide, and three cubits high. This was the design of the stands. They had side panels attached to uprights, and on the panels between the uprights were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the uprights was a pedestal above, and below the lions and oxen were wreaths of beveled work. Each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles and a basin resting on four supports with wreaths at each side. The opening to each stand inside the crown at the top was one cubit deep, with a round opening like the design of a pedestal a cubit and a half wide. And around its opening were engravings, but the panels of the stands were square, not round. There were four wheels under the panels, and the axles of the wheels were attached to the stand. Each wheel was a cubit and a half in diameter. The wheels were made like chariot wheels. Their axles, rims, spokes, and hubs were all of cast metal. Each stand had four handles, one for each corner, projecting from the stand. At the top of each stand was a circular band half a cubit high. The supports and panels were cast as a unit with the top of the stand. He engraved cherubim, lions, and palm trees on the surfaces of the support and panels, wherever each had space, with wreaths all around. In this way, he made the ten stands, each with the same casting, dimensions, and shape. The tents the ten bronze basins. He also made ten bronze basins, each holding forty baths and measuring four cubits across, one basin for each of the ten stands. He set five stands on the south side of the temple and five on the north, and he put the sea on the south side at the southeast corner of the temple. Completion of the bronze works. Additionally, Huram made the pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls. So Huram finished all the work that he had undertaken for King Solomon in the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals atop the pillars, 
the two sets of network covering both bowls of the capitals atop the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two sets of network, two rows of pomegranates for each network covering both the bowl-shaped capitals atop the pillars, the 10 stands, the 10 basins on the stands, the sea, the 12 oxen underneath the sea, and the pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls. All the articles that Huram made for King Solomon in the house of the Lord were made of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the plain of the Jordan between Succoth and Zarethan. Solomon left all these articles unweighed because there were so many. The weight of the bronze could not be determined. Completion of the gold furnishings. Solomon also made all the furnishings for the house of the Lord. The golden altar the golden table on which was placed the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold in front of the inner sanctuary, five on the right side and five on the left, the gold flowers, lamps, and tongs, the pure gold basins, wick trimmers, sprinkling bowls, ladles, and censers, and the gold hinges for the doors of the inner temple, that is, the most holy place, as well as for the doors of the main hall of the temple. So all the work that King Solomon had performed for the house of the Lord was completed. Then Solomon brought in the items his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 8 in the CSB, or the Christian Standard Bible. At that time, Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, all the tribal heads and the ancestral leaders of the Israelites before him at Jerusalem in order to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from the city of David, that is, Zion. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the presence of King Solomon in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month, at the festival. All the elders of Israel came, and the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and the Levites brought the Ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and the holy utensils that were in the tent. King Solomon and the entire congregation of Israel— who had gathered around him and were with him in front of the ark, were sacrificing sheep, goats, and cattle that could not be counted or numbered, because there were so many. The priests brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place, beneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim were spreading their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim covered the ark and its poles from above. The poles were so long that their ends were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen from outside the sanctuary. They are still there today. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses has put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites when they came out of the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's temple. And because of the cloud, the priests were not able to continue ministering, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then Solomon said, The Lord said that he would dwell in total darkness. I have indeed built an exalted temple for you, a place for your dwelling forever. The king turned around and blessed the entire congregation of Israel while they were standing. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He spoke directly to my father David, and he has fulfilled the promise by his power. He said, since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city to build a temple in among any of the tribes of Israel, so that my name would be there. 
but I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had his heart set on building a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Since your heart was set on building a temple for my name, you have done well to have this desire. Yet you are not the one to build it. Instead, your son, your own offspring, will build it for my name. The Lord has fulfilled what he promised. I have taken the place of my father David, and I sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised. I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. I have provided a place there for the ark, where the Lord's covenant is that he made with our ancestors when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Solomon's Prayer Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below who keeps the gracious covenant with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. You have kept what you promised to your servant, my father, David. You spoke directly to him and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep what you promised to your servant, my father, David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons take care to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you promised to your servant, my father, David. But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you much less this temple I have built. Listen to your servant's prayer and his petition. Lord, my God, so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays before you today, so that your eyes may watch over this temple night and day, toward the place where you said, my name will be there, and so that you may hear the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the petition of your servant and your people Israel, which they pray toward this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven. May you hear and forgive. When a man sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath, and he comes to take an oath before your altar in this temple, may you hear in heaven and act. May you judge your servants, condemning the wicked man by bringing what he has done on his own head and providing justice for the righteous, by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, and they return to you and praise your name, and they pray and plead with you for mercy in this temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave their ancestors. When the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and praise your name, and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them. May you hear in heaven and forgive the sins of your servants and your people Israel, so that you may teach them to walk on the good way. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance. When there is famine in the land, when there is pestilence, when there is blight or mildew, locust or grasshopper, when their enemy besieges them in the land and its cities, when there is any plague or illness, every prayer or petition that any person or that all your people Israel may have. They each know their own affliction. As they spread out their hands toward this temple, 
may you hear in heaven your dwelling place, and may you forgive, act, and give to everyone according to all their ways, since you know each heart, for you alone know every human heart, so that they may fear you all the days they live on the land you gave our ancestors, even for the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name, strong hand, and outstretched arm, and will come and pray toward this temple. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all the foreigner asks. Then all peoples of earth will know your name, to fear you as your people Israel do, and to know that this temple I have built bears your name. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them, and they pray to the Lord in the direction of the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer and petition in heaven and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them and hand them over to the enemy, and their captors deport them to the enemy's country, whether distant or nearby, and when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported and repent and petition you in their captor's land, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked. And when they return to you with all their heart and all their soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive, and when they pray to you in the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors, the city you have chosen, and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and petition, and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you and all their rebellions against you. And may you grant them compassion before their captors so that they may treat them compassionately. For they are your people and your inheritance. You brought them out of Egypt, out of the middle of an iron furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's petition and to the petition of your people Israel, listening to them whenever they call to you. For you, Lord God, have set them apart as your inheritance from all peoples of the earth, as you spoke through your servant Moses when you brought out our ancestors out of Egypt. Solomon's Blessing When Solomon finished praying this entire prayer and petition to the Lord, he got up from kneeling before the altar of the Lord with his hands spread out toward heaven, and he stood and blessed the whole congregation of Israel with a loud voice. Blessed be the Lord. He has given rest to his people Israel according to all he has said. Not one of all the good promises he made through his servant Moses has failed. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he not abandon us or leave us so that he causes us to be devoted to him, to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commands, statutes, and ordinances, which he commanded our ancestors. May my words with which I have made my petition before the Lord be near the Lord our God day and night. May he uphold his servant's cause and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires. May all the peoples of the earth Know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Be wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commands as it is today. The king and all Israel with him were offering sacrifices in the Lord's presence. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord.
22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. In this manner, the king and all the Israelites dedicated the Lord's temple. On the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the courtyard that was in front of the Lord's temple because that was where he offered the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat of the fellowship offerings. Since the bronze altar before the Lord was too small to accommodate the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, Solomon and all Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt, observed the festival at that time in the presence of the Lord our God, seven days and seven more days, fourteen days. On the fifteenth day he sent the people away. So they blessed the king and went to their homes, rejoicing and with happy hearts for all the goodness that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel. First Kings chapter 9 in the FBV or the Free Bible Version. After Solomon had finished the Lord's temple and the royal palace, having accomplished everything he'd wanted to do, the Lord appeared to him a second time, as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord told him, I have heard your prayer and your request to me. I have dedicated this temple you have built by placing my name on it forever. I will always watch over it and take care of you. As for you, if you follow my ways, as your father David did, doing everything I have told you to do, and if you keep my laws and regulations, then I will make your throne secure forever. I made this agreement with your father David, telling him, You will always have a descendant to rule over Israel. But if you or your descendants turn away and do not keep the laws and the commandments I have given you, and if you go and serve and worship other gods, then I will cut Israel off from the land I have given them. I will banish from my presence this temple I have dedicated to my honor, and I will make it an object lesson of ridicule among the nations. This temple will become a pile of rubble. All who pass by it will be appalled and will hiss, saying, Why has the Lord acted in such a way to this land and this temple? The answer will come, because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their forefathers out of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, worshipping them and serving them. That's why the Lord has brought all this trouble upon them. It took twenty years for Solomon to construct the two buildings, the temple of the Lord and his own palace. After this, King Solomon gave twenty towns in Galilee to Hiram, king of Tyre, because Hiram had provided him with all the cedar and juniper and gold he wanted. But when Hiram went from Tyre to see the cities that Solomon had given him, he was not happy with them. What are these towns you have given me, my brother? asked Hiram. He called them the land of Kabul, the name they are known by to this day. Even so, Hiram sent the king 120 talents of gold in payment. Here is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon imposed to build the Lord's temple, his own palace, the terraces, and the wall of Jerusalem, as well as Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had attacked and captured Gezer. He had set it on fire and killed the Canaanites living in the town. He had then given it as a wedding dowry to his daughter, Solomon's wife. Solomon rebuilt Gezer and lower Beth Horon, Baalath and Tamar in the wilderness, in the land of Judah, and all of Solomon's towns for storage, and the towns for his chariots and for his horsemen, plus whatever Solomon wanted to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and throughout his entire kingdom.
the descendants of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, people who were not Israelites, who remained in the land, those whom the Israelites were unable to destroy completely, were conscripted by Solomon to work as forced laborers, as they continue to do to this day. But Solomon did not enslave any of the Israelites. They were his soldiers, officials, commanders, captains, chariot commanders, and horsemen. They were also the chief officers in charge of Solomon's programs, 550 in command of the people who carried out the work. Once Pharaoh's daughter had moved from the city of David to the palace that Solomon had built for her, he built the city terraces. Three times each year, Solomon sacrificed burnt offerings and friendship offerings on the altar he had built for the Lord, burning incense before the Lord with them, and so fulfilled what was required at the temple. King Solomon built a fleet of ships at Ezion Geber, which is near Elath on the shore of the Red Sea, in the land of Edom. Hiram sent his soldiers, who knew the sea, to serve in the fleet with Solomon's men. They sailed to Ophir and brought back 420 talents of gold from there and delivered it to Solomon. Thank you guys for sticking around. As always, this is Christina with the Abiding in Him podcast, and I can't wait to see you back here tomorrow to see what God has in store for us. Have a wonderful day.